Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, where we discuss all sorts of things Germanic heathenry related. My name is Jesse, and I'm your host. Let's get into it. Good evening, good morning, good day. Hello, everybody. We're back like we never left. We're back here uh, for one of the few remaining episodes of season four of the uh, of the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast this week. So thank you, as always, for tuning in. For those of you on Patreon that are catching this in the video format, thank you very much. Your support in that way is... So much appreciated. Um, hope you guys are having a good uh, holiday season or preparing for that. I know, you know, for a lot of folks, you're going to start thinking about your Yule time celebrations. Uh, for uh, myself and our tribe, you know, we've got a um, couple of months to go for that. Um, we do our Yule uh, based around the historical reckoning of it. Um, but I know a lot of folks have, you know, other family obligations and and uh, and celebrations too that are just you know about a month away at this point so um while you're thinking about that or if you're thinking about that um you know maybe you've got some uh, gift ideas that you're kind of drawing a blank on i would suggest that if you uh you know people got to wear clothes nowadays they gotta they gotta have garments on um to cover up the bare essentials and you can get some Midgard musings, clothing, apparel, and, and other such uh, various accoutrements uh, that have been branded with my logo, the Midgard musings bind rune over at Midgard musings store.com. Um, and you get a 50% discount. If you shop any day, uh, any time between now and December 31st. So even if you are thinking of, getting something for someone as a Yule gift um, around the historical uh, observation of that. Um, you, you got a whole month left, uh, a little bit more, like a month and a week or so of time uh, to shop there. Um, the, to get the 50% off discount um, at checkout, just use the code Yule23, that's Y-U-L-E-2-3, um, and a 50% uh savings will be applied to your order this is a worldwide offer um so i hope you guys take advantage of that even as you're thinking of you know doing stuff for that holiday or, or the holidays um this year um i know uh it's a it's a it's a, it's a touchy time of year or it can be a touchy time of year it's a tough time of year you know there's a lot of stuff that just happens around this time of year um People can kind of get into this very, you know, reclusive sort of attitude or mindset. You know, they want to draw inward. And I kind of didn't tend to be one of them. You know what I mean? Um, and that's okay. Um, we look we look inwards, you know, to our hearths, to our homes, to our tribes. Um, instead of, you know, going out and doing a whole bunch of stuff. Maybe we, we, we focus more on family. So um, as you are thinking of your family and, and what to do. I wish you all the best. Um, but we're going to keep rocking and rolling here on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast now through the uh, end of the year. I might uh, might only have just a couple more episodes left in me for the season. Um, I usually uh, take a take a break towards the end of the year because of the things that I just mentioned, right? And you guys are out there um, doing your thing too. So we shall see. You know, we're, we're over 40 episodes in for the random heathen ramblings podcast in season four you know um and if you count one episode a week um there hasn't been a whole lot that has kept me from you know putting out if we, if we did one episode every week for the year we'd have at least 52 episodes um and i know we've got over 42 so not too shabby you know not too shabby indeed i would say but um anyway 
get into the topic of discussion this week. We uh, had a guy uh, who, Michael Thacker, you are one of our um, Yarl tier patrons on Patreon. So thank you uh, for supporting me here on Patreon and uh, sharing the the question that you did to me via email. You know, so as a reminder, folks, you that are watching and listening, by the way, um, not not to um, you know not to take away from those of you who are listening. Um, of course, there's there's all the support that I can that I can possibly thank you for, um, regardless of how you absorb this podcast. But yes, you can write into the to the podcast. The email is uh, midgardmusingstn at gmail.com. Um, or you can call in like Michael did at first. He, he ran into a, a, like a dead zone in the in the call. So fortunately, we couldn't salvage much of the audio to share today um, on what his question was. Um, but that number is 615-671-9832. If any of you folks out here listening or watching want to call in or leave a, a suggestion or a question or just anything at all, uh, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail and be happy to feature you on the on the airwaves or the pod waves, okay? Um, but Michael's uh, question, you know, after going through his uh, voicemail, he sent an email after the fact and said, um, he said, how, how should we deal with desecrated sacred space? You know, and I, uh, I thought that's a really great question, something that I haven't thought of too deeply. Um myself but i can definitely you know offer my own two cents and of course as always this is open for discussion uh for all of you folks too um but to 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 read more into the email he says that he was you know asking personally because um recently now bear in mind that this this email came to me at the beginning of november um so almost a month ago um and of course what he's talking about happened before he sent the email so we're talking you know around winter nights and he even alludes to that he says um uh recently had something happen that uh that someone desecrated his vey uh, a vey uh, for those of you who don't know um is an old norse word that kind of means uh like a like a grove you know or 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 a sacred place um it's it's usually meant to describe a place away from everywhere else. It is sanctified. It is set away, um, and it is outdoors, right? It's not an indoor thing. It is an outdoor thing. Um, he said uh, it was desecrated the day before winter nights. He says he went to prep for for uh, ritual, and there were beer cans scattered everywhere. Um, the firewood that uh, was used up that he had saved there, a few hand tools were stolen. And the altar setup was destroyed. Apparently, he had set up some uh, moss-covered stones, uh, flat moss-covered stones, um, or or a boulder rather, a flat kind of a flat moss-covered boulder was the was the uh, the altar, the hurger, if you want to call it such. Um, but he had hand-chiseled stone bowl that that he had they had worked, um, and a piece of wood that he had carved. Uh, with names of several of the of the gods into it um he says over the last few days um you know i've, I've taken to closing the vey by burning all objects and then uh, you know in that way returning them back to the earth um, but it brought up a question for him as to you know how do we address or deal with the desecration of sacred space. And I got to, you know, thinking of like, that's one of those things, uh, you know, you know, this is a heathen podcast, you know? So um, granted, I talk about a lot of things and, and have had guests on here that really don't specifically go into the, the heathen context of things or a heathen worldview of things. Um, but this seemed th something that was very specific, you know, um, to, to heathenry because he's talking about a vey you know, and, 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 and how do we address or deal with uh, those times when sacred space is desecrated, disrespected? Um, and so I thought it would be good to, to first get an idea for us all what we're talking about when we mean 
sacred space, right? We they, uh, and, and from a heathen context, um, specifically. All right. One of the things to to take into consideration is the meaning of uh, sacred and the meaning of holy. And there are several words um, that. Uh, maybe not several, but well, several in the sense that, you know, words that are cognate, you know, in, in like in old, you know, Germanic languages. So, you know, if you're looking at a word that was maybe, you know, an old English word or old Frisian or old Saxon, old Norse, etc. I mean, when I say several words, they're all cognate. Um, but there's, you know, a word for holy. There's a word for uh, sacred. Um and and I think when we talk about sacredness or holiness, a lot of us tend to, uh, you know, come up with the thing that it's it's they're they're both one and the same things. They just different words that mean the same thing. Um. So to start with, you know, what is holy in a, in, a, in a heathen context? To be for something to be holy, it is to be um, set aside, um, but also whole and healthful. Right. Um, and for something to be made whole or, or kept whole, it needs to be, you know, again, that, that, that needs to be something that is maintained. Um, but so that is that is one sense of, of the word um, holy in, in some old old Germanic tongues. The, the, the word, the old English word for it is is is. Uh, and I'll, I'll put a word up on screen for you, those that are watching but it's 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 holy and and the, the g at the end is silent um so you just kind of read it as holy or holy and it sounds almost just exactly like our modern english word holy um there's there's different again there's different germanic words uh, or, or words of germanic languages um like i say old old frisian old saxon um, old high german old norse etc things that that, that came out of that old English word, but it's um, it's where we get our word holy from. Um, and like I said, it, it, it means to have been whole in, in, in the sense of healthy. So when I think of, you know, desecration of holy space um, or, or having to heal something that is holy, it's like we need to literally nurse it back to health. If, if something came in that, um, to whatever degree, made the place that is holy, that was set aside, that was whole, complete, healthy um, in its existence as it was, if something came in like other people um, and, and did things like, you know, with Michael's example, uh, 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 beer bottles and, and stolen goods and, and just disrespected the area, you know, burned all the wood, trashed it, left it in a state of of turmoil um that is definitely a, an, an illness which is evil right you know we, we we talk about these types of things um in in a very ancient heathen or, or elder heathen arch heathen concept these these things all kind of tie to one another you know if there's illness there is sickness then there is there's evil afoot something that caused that illness something that caused that sickness is in the context and from the worldview of, of our heathens, something that is evil, that which is good for the tribe, doesn't do things to undermine or, uh, or, or put to detriment the healthfulness, the holiness of the tribe. You know, so when something happens, um, like what we're describing today, you know, that, that takes that away, it is, it is illness, it is evilness, and it is, um, you know, how do we deal with it? Now, Michael mentioned, you know, that he had, uh, himself went to his, as he puts it, closing the vey, burning things and returning it back to the earth. And I think in that context, I think that's a really good approach to take, you know, um, if you're able to. Now, um, I think most people who have, um, have, the, have the land or have the space outside, uh, either on their property or near their property to set something up, like this, um, of course, if they're going to be having fires and ritual and all that out there, then they, of course, would have the means to do what Michael's talking about, right? Burning. Um, always be safe and careful of that. You know, of course, shouldn't have to say it, but, you know, here recently there's been, um, before we had started getting some rain in our area, 
you know, it was really dry. We had been, you know, months without rain of any substantial amount without like a few little sprinkles here or there. And in the autumn months when all the leaves are falling and it's crispy and dry and it's, you know, you light a spark and boom, the whole woods go up in flames. Uh, you definitely don't want something like that to happen. But anyway, when, you know, when safe and when, when capable of doing so, uh, burn those items, you know, in a ritual in itself to sort of, again, kind of start over from scratch. Um, reclaim the holiness, the, the whole healthful state of that space once again by kind of starting over and, and clearing anything negative that was there out. Um, some other things that I've heard people mention um, and, and some things that I've seen done uh, and from my own example or experiences, I should say, are, you know, when you when you have that space set, um, you if, if you're not proficient in the working of magical charms, right, if that's if that if that's something that you maybe haven't considered um, to use for warding the space as a sort of keeper of the boundaries of the space, um, that may not be. Uh, something particularly heathen um, it's seen across many different pagan practices not just yeah sure you know you may see it in you know Norse or Germanic practices but um, you know to set wards right uh, and, and, and put things charms whether they're hung whether they're planted in the ground uh, carved right um different ways that you can go about doing it um but to put to erect those charms and to put those wards up to reduce the chances of something like that ever happening again prevent it from ever happening again um keeping the outer space or keeping that inner space again protected from those outer um thruces, those outer forces those outer you know that that illness that would want to come and do damage um to your space um i say that because i've had experience with um uh, the they that we used to use for our tribal uh, activities and our rituals every year um used to be on our former gothi's uh, parents land and um we would go out there prior to whatever event that it was we were going to be observing right so if it was yule whatever it was we would be out there about a month or so prior uh, to be reacquainted with the vetir of the land to clean up any you know uh, blowdowns things from storms um you know if it had been over the winter and we were getting ready for like our cigar bloat right all of that growth that comes in after the winter months have you know maybe blown some trees down or things right we would go in there we would just clean things up um prepare the land back to to be ready for ritual and, and for people to be there because for the majority of the time it was kept um to to be what it was it was in the wild and and while there was a space set within that area to be holy and to be set aside and to be what it was for you know it's not like uh, we were out there every week or every weekend even um so anyways this one time i don't remember what holy tide it was that we were about to be preparing for but um we had a uh we had a, a, a the, or they had had even before i started coming around a big ward that was set um kind of at the i want to say it was might be the north entrance uh to the bay um might have been repositioned to the south entrance or the south um point of the of the of the bay the bay was a circle or kind of almost like a horseshoe not really a horseshoe but like a a semi not a semicircle but it was like it was a circle but it wasn't a closed off circle so if you can imagine like this um and then it would come to a point and then kind of lead out through the north along this pathway so it was circular but it it didn't close off as a circle so in that southern portion of the circle was where i think the the ward was was kept um but anyways it was it was in the shape of an algae's rune Right, it was a huge uh, cedar staff set there, and uh, we came back there one day, and for you know they'd had it for years, and then we came up there one day, and it was it was gone. 
looked around. It wasn't like the wind knocked it over or something. It was just straight up gone. Um, and it was, it was, it was like a seven or eight foot long piece of wood or tall piece of wood, right? It wasn't no small like hiking stick. It was very obviously something set for a specific purpose. And it was gone. Whoever had come by and through the area uh, took it. Um, now, one could consider that desecration of sacred space, even though maybe that person didn't know what it was. I mean, you come across a big stone circle with a fire pit in the middle of it, and you see an altar um, or what looks like an altar of stones with various items and things on it. I mean, even if you're not pagan or you're not heathen, you got to know if you were to come across something like that, that this is probably something or some place that I shouldn't be unless invited and I should not be messing around with anything here. People are terrible sometimes and they don't think um, about their actions and they just do things to be malicious. And um, so whatever the case was, um, the staff was missing. Now, uh, uh, another thing that one might say is that, well, the fact that it was taken and that was the only thing that happened. Right? Because as I recall, there was no damage done to the vey. There were no you know, rocks torn apart. You know, out of their place, the the, the altar, the the hurger wasn't destroyed. Um, everything else was where it should be. It was just that staff that was missing. One might say that the ward did its job, right? The thing that we had in place to ward out that that illness or that evil um, took the took the attack and was the sacrifice, as it were, to keep the vey protected. Um, and so we took it upon ourselves then to go and search for and, 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 and find another ward, another uh, staff, another item that would be used to, to bless the space um, and protect the space and ceremonies thereafter, you know? So, you know, you kind of, again, you kind of have to look at the, the, what was done, how much damage was received, what was, what was the outcome of the desecration of the land or of the space. Um, and then what actions do you take? And the actions you take is you rebuild. You you start over, right? And you consider the fact that if there weren't wards in place, let's put some in place. Let's add to that magic. Let's, you know, if, if we're not good at it, let's find someone who is, right? Let's Let's get something set up in that space to protect it when we're not there, you know? Um... And I always have to think, too, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's situation is different. Everybody's property is, is set up differently, I'm sure. You know, sometimes you might have an acre or two of land that you think, yeah, this is my land and I can do, you know, whatever I want to here um, because it's I own it, it's mine. Um, and then, you know, you've got neighbors that are butted up butted up right next to you that can either see everything or or have easy access to it. And again, without knowing those people well or without just knowing people in general well, I mean, again, anybody can traipse across anyone else's land at any point in time and, and just do whatever they feel like. So I think, you know, one thing to to bear in mind is that when we are establishing those those spaces, when we are setting aside that that holy site, um, you know, that we're being uh, respectful of our neighbors and that we're you know, maybe not doing anything that is going to invite unsavory people. Um, I don't know. Some folks might say, you know, well, it's, it's you know, it's my freedom. It's my right. I, I shouldn't, you know, I don't have to worry about that. Again, every circumstance, every space is going to be different, I'm sure. You know, so don't take what I'm saying and be like, you know, yeah, I need to check with my neighbors first. Or are they cool with it? Right. Uh, you know, again, I don't. I don't think that uh, I'm not trying to say that that's what you should be doing. Um, I'm just saying that be 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 aware, be considerate, right? Like you know, if if you're in an area where you know you're setting up stuff and you're making it obviously heathen or obviously pagan, you know, you're gonna go all out and carve you know a ten foot tall god pole, you know, and 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 get blood from your butcher or or have a a, a you know an, an actual bloat and you're gonna soak the the God pole with blood and everything and your neighbors next door, are super, super Christian people or, you know, whatever. It's like, if they're right there, you know, like, ah, oh, man, that's, 
that's a bit that's alarming and that could that could raise some red flags for for you as the practitioner for you and yours you know people do some strange things uh when when they're ignorant of certain things you know um and again so you know all i'm saying is that you know if if it's in a rural enough area and you got no visible neighbors and you're you know, kind of free to do whatever you want without having to worry about people accidentally or, or purposely finding your space, then maybe it's a little bit of a different story. But if it's like neighbors butted right up to you and they have visibility to the thing that you're doing and they're obviously not that, they're they're the 180 degree different thing of whatever it is that you're doing. Part of, I think, considering what, what we do and how we do it is is realizing that we are doing it in modern times. You know, we have to think about that with the people that we um, might encounter or might have you know, be a be a be a good representation. You know, obviously live your religion, you know, live your faith, live your life. You know, if that's what you believe, then you should you should live it in that way. Um, just realize that, you know, if you have people that don't know what it's all about and that are worried about it. They maybe have concerns. They might be, you know, seeking to do things that could tear down the thing that you're trying to build. Um, so I'm not saying that if you don't say anything to them or don't include them or don't mention it to them that all of a sudden they're, you're going to come out there one day and everything's going to be tore down because your neighbors decided to do it. Um, you could probably get into some, legitimate legal trouble for doing stuff like that i mean that's trespassing that's you know vandalism that's that's stuff like that and you know um that's that's another thing to consider too because we are in modern times you know the laws that existed uh back in 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 archie times were laws that that were built around the tribe you know what i mean so the tribe was the law is, is essentially what i'm trying to say um in other words, if if you know you were uh, belonging to one tribe and you and you did something that was wrong in another tribe, you your punishment, you know, the thing that you had to to worry about wasn't that tribe's laws; it was your tribe's laws. You were under the law of your tribe. It's different now. I mean, we have local, regional, federal, state, everybody, you know, laws that say. Uh, what is legal, what is not. And so if, um, and especially with, you know, like here in North America or the United States, at least, um, you know, freedom of religion, one of our constitutional rights, you know, um, if you can prove that, you know, whether you have, you know, cameras set up or whatever, you can prove that somebody came or somebody's came through um, and not only trespassed on your land, but but maliciously behaved uh, on, on, on a space of land that was considered a holy site or, or, or sacred ground, um, you might, I don't know for sure, because again, the laws are, are different everywhere you go, but you might even have legal backing to, to, to go to court with that and, and, to, and to prosecute someone, you know, and to take them to court and to, and to seek damages, you know, and I don't think that that's a wrong thing to do, especially if you've you know, taking the time out of your life, out of your day, out of everything to devote something like that. Uh, so importantly, you know, your 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 uh, your rights to practice your your religion peacefully and freely shouldn't be um, infringed upon by anybody for any reason. You know, so people probably take things different. You know, different in different measures. You know, if 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 somebody's uh, grove or or vey was was destroyed in in a, in a way like michael was describing some people might go the distance of setting up hidden cameras on that property so that way when they do rebuild and when they do put things back in order um that need to be put in order that when when, when that illness is is fixed right when that sickness is healed um now they want to put cameras out there to catch the person or persons that, that 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 may come by the next time, um, you know. So what what can we do? What what should we do? I mean, if you have the means and you want to do that, can you do that? Yeah, sure you can. You can go back and you can check your footage, and if you find the people that did it, 
or you know you get you catch them doing it then you can go to the law and you know pursue legal action against them that's one way of setting things back in balance you know but i think for a lot of us you know for the majority of us it's you know let's uh avoid that whenever possible right we don't want to just kind of keep to ourselves and do things that are holistic uh, for ours and and only ours you know we don't want any added attention being uh being brought to us now again if it can't be if it's something that can't be rectified through just a simple you know fix it and and you know place your wards and believe in that sort of thing um if it keeps happening or you're or you're seeing a uh we call it a uh a repeat offense to it then you definitely have problems that you need to to look at maybe on on more than just a, a surface level of yeah i got vandals in the area maybe there's something else maybe there's something about the land um that the the, the spirits are not present to to protect that space um and then those are some things to consider as well um I did also want to mention that, you know, there, there's several, I talk about, you know, source material and, and things. Um, and, and there was one source that I wanted to, uh, to call attention to Paul, I believe his last name is, uh, Bauschitz. If I'm saying that right. He, uh, wrote a book called the well in the tree. Okay. Um, and it's on one of my recommended reading lists. I don't know if you can find his book on Amazon or online anywhere. Um, but here on the screen, I'm just going to to show you a section of that book. And I'm going to read it out loud for all of the, the listeners, too, so don't worry. Um, but this is, again, this is from his book, The Well and Tree. And it says, for the Germanic peoples, space, as it is encountered and perceived in the created worlds of men and other beings, exists to any significant degree only as a location or container for the occurrence of action. The container is action, whether of individual men, of men acting in consort or in opposition, of men and monsters, or whatever. Right? So we're talking about what's what's being done in, in an area, right? So if it's ritual, if it's this, that, whatever. But in all cases, immediate actions are discontinuous and separable deriving power and structure from the past. Um, and I just, I wanted to bring that up because I thought it was well worth considering that, you know, when, you know, we, 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 we talk about sacred space as being, it's, it's sacred for a reason. It's, it's holy for a reason. We're not just, you know, you know, knocking over a few trees or, or setting up a few stones. Um, you know, we're, we're doing things of, of meaningful action to connect us with each other, right? When the tribe gathers in this space, it is to connect with one another, but it is also a way to connect uh, or consort, as it were, um, uh, whether with or in opposition to other beings. And, and so we, we want to share that space with them, the, the whites of the land. Um, the gods of, of our, you know, holy powers, we want to connect with them in that way. And so that's why those spaces are set as holy, as whole, like complete, healthy. Finding desecration of spaces can be a really, really uh, demoralizing sort of thing. Like, I mean, I say demoralizing, but like it can hurt real bad, like, you know, to walk into your space that you have had encounters with the gods or the or the whites of the land or your or your people you know you you've shared meaningful moments of ritual it can be really disheartening uh to walk into a space and see it in a state of uh unrest or in a state of disarray um it, it, it can really tear you up um and like i said you know for 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 me when it happened at, at our old vey um Fortunately, it wasn't anything of too much, um, you know, it wasn't too tore up. It was, you know, we had a staff missing. But again, we, we thought about that. We, man, you know, 
the, the space, how long has it been missing? You know, you start thinking about all those things, but immediately the first thing that you go to is, is how do we go about fixing this? How do we go about correcting this? And one of the first things we did was again, we, we went on the hunt to, to find something, what spoke to us, what nature could provide, what the whites wanted to, to share with us um, as a means of uh, protecting the space again. And um, as I mentioned earlier on, it, the, you know, the, the old staff, the old ward was a, was an algae's room. It was a big cedar limb in the shape of an algae's room. Uh, but we didn't go out looking for another algae's room. Um, we just kind of went out for a walk and uh, figured whatever it was that needed to be provided to us would be provided. And as it turned out, it was a Feu room. That was the, the staff of choice that was uh, presented to us to use. Um, and the more I think of it, it was either Yule or Sigurblot where that happened. Um, because I don't, I don't think I've been back there since the, uh, you know, the members of, of our tribe have, things have shifted, things have changed, you know? And so that they, that space that used to be accessible to us is not accessible to the tribe anymore. We don't go there for our things. Um, we hold them elsewhere. Um, we hold them actually right here at my my wife's in my house um, until something else presents itself or until we have uh, uh, an op options, um, you know, pursued. Um, Cause we have some options. We have some, some things kind of out there to consider just a matter of doing the thing and, and checking it all out. Do we want to go there? Do we want to set up camp there? Do we want to kind of create this as, that home base, you know, for the tribe, for, for rituals and things until then, you know, we have sacred space set here. Um, and what's interesting about here for us is, you know, that sacred space kind of the, where the house is, you know, inner yard, um, you know, talk about some terms that are relevant to this because, um, the inner and outer worldview of, of, of Germanic peoples, you know, at the time the elder heathens had this, this pretty clear cut separation between, between the inner and the outer and what is in is, is under law and it is under order. It is under protection. It is, it is good. And what is out is not, it is the wild. It is outlaw. It is outside of all of that. And there were definitely, specific lines and barriers to separate those things and interestingly enough you know our space does have um literal barriers right like we've got a fence <laughs> a fence row that keeps what is in in and keeps certain things out that we want out um and so that's an interesting like thing to to like to keep in mind you know and is that uh when we do our stuff and we have ritual and we hold ritual, it's, you know, sacred space has been set and I've, I've reset it several times. You know, when I say reset, I mean, um, go out with fire and, and, and do th certain things the way that I do things, my ritual cultic practice, right. To, to kind of re-secure those relationships and, 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 um, that might be something else to consider when we talk about what can we do, when sacred space is desecrated is reestablish those bonds. You know, maybe it's, you know, been a while since you've been out there. It's kind of one of the reasons why, like I mentioned before, that when the, the you know, when the tribe did go out to this place uh, at the Vey that we used to have, it wasn't, we didn't go out there the day of the event and start setting up. We went out there at least a month or so prior to reestablish our connection with the Vaytir to reestablish our bond, to, to reconnect with the land. Um, it could be, you know, that when, when things happen, if space was desecrated, it could be that maybe the land felt neglected, you know, between the forces that we share space with, you know, us and them. Right. So if you're, if you're, if you're 
sacred space was desecrated. Maybe it's because, and again, um, without knowing specifics, right? But maybe it's because they're the, the the spirits that are native to that space didn't feel connected to the people anymore. So they're like, what do we have to to worry about? They're not coming out here. They're not doing anything. They're not really putting in the work, right? So what is there to uh, what is there to protect here? What is there to even worry about i'm not saying that they think that way or, or or whatever i'm just again thinking and thinking out loud and kind of talking through this concept because again it's one of those concepts that are questions that i hadn't really thought of you know too much and just going kind of going because based off of my experience and and maybe some things here or there that we've you know kind of read or or, or found out in, in in source materials you know um the so the, the well in the tree if you guys want to check it out um by paul bauschitz I'll, I'll put his information like the name of the book and if i could find a link for it i'll link it in the description or show notes if you guys are listening and you want to check it out um you can definitely do that along with any other source material that i come up with about things pertaining to the sacred the holy um those concepts because again you know what, what what do we do if sacred space is desecrated well what makes up sacred space we got to know those definitions um we got to understand all of that um there's a line from a book by Kristen Hastrup uh, called the culture called culture and society in medieval Iceland um, there's a line there that says that when we turn to the layout of immediate space, it appears that the most significant distinction pertaining to the spatial arrangements of the farmstead was any booty, right? Inside, outside. The borderlines between the farmstead as center and the world outside as periphery was driven along the fence that surrounded the farm. The opposition between Ingard and Utengard inside and outside fences respectively had important socio-legal implications again you look at uh, the society at the time right and then the way the world was at the time and how we re kind of uh repurpose that relive that re reconstruct it in a way nowadays uh, we're trying to experience something now that was experienced at a very specific point in time um, with a very specific kind of people that saw the world in a very specific way you know so adopting those worldviews coming into that mindset now with the world the way it is uh, can be a challenge and it can be a, a difficult thing to to find places for you know not everything fits the way i see it at least You know, we can mold and shape things to, to kind of fit when and as we need to. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, when we talk about the, you know, you know, I would love to have a space, sacred space, right, that was created and set away from the homestead, right? The farmstead, which isn't a farm, but away from the homestead, someplace that I could go to. And a lot of us have that, right? A lot of us think of going out into nature, going to a specific rock, a specific collection of trees, the river, the mountains. Um, we, we call them we call these things sacred. There is a there is an element of sacredness to all those things. I, I would I would absolutely agree that nature has sacredness, you know, as, as part of its thing. You know, it is it is definitely a, a sacred place. You know, nature is. We feel oftentimes We feel oftentimes closer to our gods, to our ancestors when we are, you know, in nature. But what happens if the next person that comes by is a 
you know, the, the place that you go to that you find or feel, you know, sacred, a little degree of sacredness. What happens? The next person that comes through, you know, is 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 high on 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 hard drugs, heroin, meth, speed, whatever, you know, and they're out there getting high and, and destroying their bodies. They they they're not having any sense of or degree or understanding of what sacred is, and they're just out there getting messed up. Is that place sacred anymore? Have they not then? Have they desecrated? The space that you've thought in the past was sacred. I don't see it that way. Um, again, the 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 the, the, the description, the separatedness, the the other world worldliness of sacred spaces is specific things had to been done to to make that space sacred, to make that space holy. Yes, nature and and the trees and and the mountains and the river and everything. There is a there is there is spirit that exists there. Um, from my ass, from my perspective, at least. Um, but I feel like the way that that what we're talking about here is, you know, the, the, the Germanic people specifically had a had a sense of holy is within, sacredness is within, and 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 there's outside of all that that is not that. You know, so their worldview reflected that. If it was holy, it needed to be kept in. We don't go outside of things. We don't go away from things. We go in to things that are holy. You know, we step in or we we approach it. Um, and we come into that space that has been set, established as such. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when I talk about, you know, I'd love to have a space that I could go to that is outside of the or the confines of the home. It's it's mainly just because where I live, you know, right now is is there's neighbors and there's a lot of eyes and you know there's traffic and and other external uh, distractions and things that can kind of take away from the mindset or the tone that you're trying to uh, to achieve when you're con when you wanting to connect with you know, whether it's with your ancestors, with the local spirits of the land, with the gods, what have you, right? When you want to go and you want to do those things, there's a there's a degree of privacy that you want to have. And around here, there's just not that unless you're inside. Um, so there's, you know, there's always a part of me that's like, man, you know, it'd be nice to have a space for the tribe to be able to go, kind of like we used to have. That's a little bit outside of the, the immediate eyes of the neighbors, you know what I mean? Give us that privacy, give us that separativeness or that separateness of a feeling of being away from them, but close to, to who we want to feel close to. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, you know, Michael and, and anybody else listening um, and watching if, if what I talked about today kind of helped answer a question, but, Thank you, Michael, for asking. I hope that the ramblings of this week's episode um, gave you or others things to think about. And maybe you've come up with some things yourself um, on what to do. But I definitely would agree that, you know, what you need to do with the items that you already had there is to, you know, inter them, give them back to the earth, give them back to the sacred, give them back to the holy, um, to heal that land, to heal that space and start over again. You know, because obviously whatever happened that was that that happened when you weren't there um, was it was it was a disgrace. You know what I mean? Like people shouldn't be going to places that aren't theirs, using items that aren't theirs, uh, you know, burning firewood, taking tools, kicking things over, leaving trash. I mean, that's just that's a disgrace. It's disgraceful. Um, and while they may not have known the religious nature or the spiritual nature of your space. You know, we can't really say for sure if they did or didn't, you know, um, it's definitely a, a desecration in some in, in one form or fashion. Now, if it was intentional and they and they did that, then, you know, you probably take a whole different approach with it on how you want to deal with it. But in modern times you know we got to consider consequences of our actions and, and, and what that's going to do for 
for not just you, but for for the people in your life, for everybody that uh, that you're connected to. So I do hope that you know talking about it at least opens up some more discussion. Um, if you folks are listening and want to write into the podcast or you know email it, it's midgardmusingstn at gmail.com. If you guys are watching this on the on the Spotify, sorry, on the uh, Patreon page, um, thank you. For, for, for watching comment down below what your thoughts are um the guys that are listening want to get in on that it's just one dollar that you can pay one time for one you know once you pay that you can watch any episodes that i have already uploaded um but if you want to continue seeing them every week um you know that one dollar for a month cycle will get you however many episodes i upload that month and if that's all you want to do um, you're under no obligation to continue so you're you're welcome to you know do it once and, and be done with it or you can keep doing that once a month one dollar pledge and have continuous access to all the content that i upload in video format um so yeah that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode and uh appreciate all you fine folks listening and watching um if you did enjoy it, be sure to give it a like, heart, uh, follow me, you know, whatever, upvote, do the thing that wherever it is you're watching uh, shows your appreciation for. Um, and as always, I thank you for that ongoing and constant support. Uh, don't forget for the Yule gifts and stuff that you want to get maybe from the Midgard Musing Store. It's uh, MidgardMusingStore.com. Use code Yule23. That's Y-U-L-23 at checkout for a 50% discount on your order. That is a worldwide uh, thing so it doesn't matter where you are in Midgard where you're listening from if you want to get something for your loved one uh, you can do so and, and get a 50% discount now through the end of the year all right um, so that brought, again that wraps it up I'm going to say it th this one last time thank you all so much for listening and watching today hope you all enjoyed it till we talk again may the gods continue to notice you and may your ancestors smile upon you see you next time